Dear Gwetchagas Falsha, Welcome to Cork City Library's talking newsletter of library news and features. I'm Glenn, and in this edition, we bring you No Longer Forgotten, Cork Women of the Revolution, Liquid Gold, More Gardening Advice from Eleanor Toomey, Part 3 of our short story writing guide by Circa Fogarty, We Feature the Water War by Kevin Doyle, and librarian Anne Reardon tells us about the most popular ebooks and e audiobooks borrowed from the library's online service since shut down. From the Cork City Library's exhibition, No Longer Forgotten, Cork Women of the Revolution. Many of our exhibitions can be viewed online at www.corkcitylibraries.ie. Mary McSweeney. Mary McSweeney was born in Surrey on the 27th of March 1872 to John McSweeney, a native of Cork, and Mary Wilkinson, an English Catholic with strong Irish nationalist opinions. She was the eldest of seven, and her brother was Terence McSweeney. As a child, she developed a seriously infected foot, which eventually had to be amputated, and she was fitted with a surgical boot, but she had a severe limp all her life. She was one of two Irish Catholic women studying in the teaching programme in Cambridge University, which accepted 100, the majority of whom were men. After receiving her teaching diploma, Mary started working in a boarding school directed by nuns of the Order of St. Benedict in Farnborough, England. She seriously considered entering the religious life during this time, but in the end she became a member of a lay organisation, the Third Order of St. Benedict. When her mother died in 1904, she returned to Cork to assume a matriarchal role over the McSweeney family. Mary's first political association was the Irish suffrage movement, and she became a member of the Munster Women's Franchise League. She believed that women's suffrage and home rule for Ireland were compatible goals. However, other members of the suffrage movement did not agree with the fact that Mary was helping men of the Irish volunteers. While Mary believed in the justice and relevance of women's suffrage, She believed that the cause of a free Ireland was more urgent and she resigned from the Munster Women's Franchise League in November 1914. She also joined Cumann in 1914 and the inaugural meeting of the Cork branch of Cumann was held in the Max Sweeney House in May 1914. She was a teacher at St Angela's during this time and on the 2nd of May 1916 she was arrested by British soldiers in front of her students for her part in aiding Irish volunteers as a member of Cumann On the 3rd of May 1916, she was dismissed abruptly from her teaching post due to her radical politics. New schools were reluctant to employ a non-political radical, so Mary decided to open her own school later that year, Skullita, which enrolled boys up to the age of 10 and girls up to the secondary grades. This school had a strong nationalist emphasis and Mary established there a philosophy of education which was in accordance with her beliefs, combining careful morale and religious training with a high standard of intellectual work. After her brother Terence died on hunger strike in 1920, Mary was elected for Sinn Féin to the Kirk Borough constituency, taking her seat in the second all in 1921. Mary McSweeney died on the 8th of March 1942. Liquid Gold Shop-bought compost contains about six weeks worth of feed in it but plants need feeding throughout the growing season. You can make your own free organic liquid fertilizer. What you need is a bucket and something that will act as a lid. It doesn't need to be tight fitting. Next, if you have some comfrey growing in your garden, you can gather the leaves. 
If not, get yourself a pair of scissors and some gloves and find your nearest clump of nettles. Cut the upper parts of the nettles, enough to fill the bucket. Cover the nettles or comfrey with water. Place the lid over the bucket. Leave for about four to six weeks or until it looks like a thick black liquid. Check it regularly over the weeks so that the water doesn't evaporate off. Top up if it does. Best to place the bucket as far from your house as possible as it can be a bit smelly. Advice on application dosage is to dilute to the colour of wheat tea for use. Best to use more dilute liquid feed regularly than more concentrated fertiliser rarely. Nettles are high in nitrogen which is good for leafy growth so good for most plants. Comfrey contains high levels of potassium which is good for fruit production. It also contains potash and nitrogen. When choosing a comfrey plant, a Russian steroid variety called Blocking 14, Symphytum ex Uplandicum, is best as the common comfrey Symphytum officinale will take over. Eleanor Toomey is a member of the City Library staff. Short story writing with Circa Fogarty. Let's continue with Circa's helpful tips on mastering the written word. Synesthesia. Synesthesia is when one mixes up the senses, basically. For example, a wolf's howl tastes like the rain. Mixes sound and taste. Or, your shirt is loud today. Combines sight and sound. So, it's a blending of the senses. And the intriguing part is that it is different categories of senses that become blended together. A person with synesthesia, a synesthete, can feel the shape of a taste. For example, they may feel sweetness as something round or circular. Or such a person can see sounds. The composer Alexander Scriabin could see the colour of musical notes. In literature, synesthesia refers to a technique adopted by writers to present ideas, characters or places in such a manner that they appeal to more than one sense, like hearing, seeing, smell, etc. at a given time. Dante's The Divine Comedy contains one of the best examples of synesthesia in literature. In the first canto, the poet tells us about a place called Inferno. He says, Back to the region where the sun is silent. Here, Dante binds the sense of sight, sun, with a sense of hearing, silent. Writing prompts. Smell. Think about your scent memories. What smells bring you back to your past? What smells comfort you? and conjure positive thoughts. Taste. If you were to write a life history through food and beverages, what would be the touchstone moments? What are the meals and or drinks that represent turning points or significant memories for you? What tastes have you loved? What tastes have you hated? Sound. Think of a song that carries a specific memory. What event or time in your life do you think of when you hear this song? List the title of the song and explain the memory associated with it. You could also do the same with the sound of a voice of someone you love or dislike, either from your past or present. Touch. Choose an object that is important to you. Explain the significance of the item. How does it feel in your hands? What memories are tied to this object and why? Or maybe think of the first time you had your partner's hand or your child in your arms or some other form of human contact that has particular significance for you. Quick synesthesia prompts. What would thunder smell like? What would smoke feel like? What would a shadow taste like? What would snow sound like? What colour would a loss be? 
What would hope smell like? What would anticipation taste like? Circa Fogarty is a member of the Bishopstone Library staff. More tips next issue. Kevin Doyle is the author of two political crime thrillers, To Keep a Bird Singing, 2018, and A River of Bodies, 2019, both published by Blackstaff Press. He co-wrote with Spark Dealey the award-winning children's picture book, The Worms That Saved the World, and has also written widely on anarchism and radical tradition. The Water War, excerpt from a new story by Kevin Doyle. There were briquette bales in the hall, and I could hear the radio, her coat and scarf lay on the stairs. I stood there for a moment. The front door was wide open, so I called out, but there was no reply. I walked down the hall as far as the kitchen door and saw her, half bathed in sunlight, standing near the table. She was wearing only jeans and a yellow bra, and her body was twisted in a spiral, in a way that reminded me of a discus thrower, except that there was no discus in her hand. She held a mobile phone and was taking pictures. A lot of pictures of her lower left side. Karen, I asked. What are you doing? The phone clattered onto the floor. Jesus, she replied. The fright you gave me. Another time, maybe a month or more after we met, I went to her place. She had read a review of a bottle of wine in the newspaper and had gone out specially to buy it. Laughing, she explained that I had started to make her do things like that. I was pleased. It was an admission of sorts. We drank the wine slowly. Unexpectedly, she asked. When were you happiest in your life? I had to think about my answer. It was not a question I had ever been asked before. And I was then 51. I am now 52. Apart from this moment, you mean? Be truthful. I am, I said. She put her hand on my wrist and squeezed it. Her eyes were green, deeply set. She had a long face. After a moment, she returned to her question. Okay, so, apart from now? Lockdown Reading The most popular ebook and e-audiobook titles during the COVID-19 emergency by Anne Reardon On the 12th of March 2020, we closed our doors. We did so with heavy hearts, with full knowledge that our patrons would miss our services. Many of you have been in touch to express the opinion that libraries are essential to communities and are missed. Many librarians have been redeployed to the HSE, to Community Response, to Friendly Call. Other librarians have kept the show on the road, with housebound deliveries and shifting focus to our online services. Our digital services have moved front and centre. We offer e-books, e-magazines, daily newspapers online, music streaming, short films, online courses including language courses. We also have online exhibitions. Our sister website www.corkpastandpresent.ie is a treasure trove on local history and knowledge and we have an interactive timeline of historical events between 1918 and 1923. We have introduced a new talking newsletter service. Our patrons can listen to library news and projects. We have recorded videos of your favourite library storytellers for those who are missing library story time. Our ebook and e audiobook service is supplied by Barbox, and use of this app has doubled since we shut our doors in March. So, what have you been borrowing from Barbox since then? The number one borrowed ebook has been The Man Who Didn't Call 
by Rosie Walsh, which has been borrowed a whopping 111 times. The second most borrowed ebook is The Wife Between Us by Sarah Pekinen and Greer Hendricks, borrowed 69 times. The third is Last Mile by David Baldacci, borrowed 66 times. As for e-audiobooks, the most listened to title has been Last Mile by David Baldacci, borrowed 43 times. Second comes House Across the Street by Leslie Pierce, borrowed 37 times. And third is The Wife Between Us by Sarah Pekinen and Greer Hendricks, borrowed 36 times. I know for many of you that e-books are no substitute for a physical book, and to you I say, hold on another little bit longer. We will be open soon. We miss you too. For what is a library without its loyal readers? Take care and stay safe. That's all for this edition. All information can be found on our website at www.corkcitylibraries.ie and on our social media channels. Thanks for listening. Sláin.